Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Okay, so uh, do we all see the slide of the of the tailor? Just raise your hand. Up. Is the slide of the tailor clear? And my voice is okay? Good. All right, here we go. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So we learn from Quran that indeed you are square against a tremendous khuluq. You are square against the tremendous khuluq, which is the mold or the stamp which was made. So his stamp, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is a tremendous one. And the meaning of this, says the 18th century lexicographer, meaning what Aisha said, may God be pleased with her, he is the Quran. He is the Quran. Meaning, working by the Quran was his innate, stamped nature. Now that aspect of of khuluq, of being this a special mold, a special template, a special exemplar, is one where he is all comprehensive. One of the six special features, in a sense, given to Muhammad وسلم, above all the other messengers was the feature of having the all-comprehensive word. So the all-comprehensive word is a special feature, is part of his stamp nature. And we are told by him that, that he, his adab was made to be more and more beautiful. And adab, Ibn Arabi tells us, comes from the idea of the banquet, the banquet. So in this banquet, all the foods, the range of foods are available. And wisdom or adab is to know how to pick what food for what occasion. And he was the Quran. Aisha, uh, God be pleased with her, says he was or he is the Quran. And the Quran is known as a jama'ah, as a collection. It collects all things. It's a comprehensive collection. And because it's a comprehensive collection and contains all things, there needs to be a special address that comes from the Quran. So let's look at that in a second. This comprehending all things, one of the, the that those features or gifts that Muhammad Sallallahu was given was the all comprehensive word where a single statement, for instance, from the Quran or elsewhere, can be looped around and around to increase its number of meanings that come out of it. So one such verse is, God created you from male and female. And Ibn Arabi says this is an all comprehensive statement and we can loop around this statement. So God created you, Adam, from female, uh, from male, Eve, from female, Jesus, and then loop around from male and female, all the rest. So the Quran is all comprehensive. This messenger is all comprehensive. And of course, we remember from last week, Adam was taught all of the names taught all of the names, so comprehensive. And so 
because it's all comprehensive, it's a banquet, we need to know what food that is, is for us. So Ibn Arabi says, you can't go into the, to the pharmacist, to the herbalist, and eat all of the medicine, and that will make you better. In fact, that will make you worse. That will give you a trouble if you eat all of the herbs that are there in the pharmacy. The doctor or the healer has the wisdom of saying this particular medicine is for you, for what you have right now. So that knowing what is the particular medicine for you at that moment is what is called in Quranic terms, the Fasl al-Khitab, the partitioned address. So the address comes out and it's partitioned. It's for certain people at certain times. So we are being addressed by the Quran, certain verses at certain times. And Ibn Arabi is, is uh, Sidi Mansub says that there are 70,000 citations of Quran in the Futuhat al-Makiyah. But those citations are often just a clause of the verse, just a part of the verse. Because Ibn Arabi is showing us that each verse from this Quran is a banquet which has one aspect which is for us at that moment. And that aspect then is called the partitioning of the address. Now let's look at the other uh, key term for the quality, the characteristic of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As you have in Messenger of God, a beautiful exemplar, Uswatan Hasana. Uswat is very interesting because it means example or pattern or exemplar, but it also means peacemaking. And it means grieving for another's affliction. It means someone grieving who takes this one as an example of being consoled. So, we see the, the tailor cutting the, from a model, from an exemplar, from a template, cutting into this new place, which is now going to have a template, a pattern matching where it came from. Now in any sandal cut or any tracing, the sandal, three-dimensional, is put onto a two-dimensional shape. And so it loses that one dimension. So any, and this, so Ibn Arabi tells us that any three-dimensional shape which we see is an impression or shadow of, and this is the way I'm explaining his sentence, of one dimension less of information. So we lose one dimension of information or knowledge when the three dimension is put onto the two dimensions. So that is the higher dimensional sandal or puppet has dimensions, has colors, has textures, and meanings which are lost when pressed against the clay. So even though the sandal cut of the Prophet is a perfect sandal cut, we do not necessarily understand its beauty or its quality until we have knowledge of where it came from and what its other dimension is. So then we can see that the puppet, which is our true self, we can see our true self or our true puppet through kashf, 
So disclosure or tarif, which is the divine informing us, and iman, faith. So iman is knowing the unseen, something that can't be seen, but you know that it is there and you know what it is. So iman is the story, the description of our true self, what's on the other side. And the way we learn that is through knowledge. And it means we recognize the one who can tell us who I look like, what is my true self. So we need knowledge. This is why Ibn Arabi says knowledge is the highest of all. Knowledge is what you want always. Um, and this isn't, of course, therefore, intellectual knowledge. It's not you know, smart knowledge. It is knowing who you are, who your true self is. And so who you are on that side. So we need to know and we need to be taught how to read the world, how to read what's happening around us. We need to view the shadow play and understand how do I learn the shadow play. So let's look at the next slide. And of course, this was the sh shadow play we saw last week. So we'll look at it from a different angle in a sense. I'll go ahead and read that one. Uh, if you want to recognize the truth of what I am hinting at for this issue, consider the shadow play and its images, and the one who is the narrator for these images shown before the little children who are sitting away from the covering curtain drawn down between them and the players moving these images and the narrator speaking about them. The matter is just this way with the images of the world. The people, most of them, are the little ones. We give explanation, clear explanation to, so they will recognize whence it is coming to them. So whence it, the it now means a lot of things here. Where are these shadows coming from? What does it mean to hear something from behind the curtain? What does it, what is our true puppet self looking like? Who are we truly? That's what's coming from behind. And we are, we are giving explanations, the mystic guides, the guides, Ibn Arabi's people, the guides, the ones who show us the way, they are giving us an explanation so that we will recognize, oh, this shadow is from a, another true self, a true self of ours. So Ibn Arabi then said, thus the little ones in that setting or sitting are delighted and enjoying the play, while the heedless adults are taking it as mere play and amusement. This is the Quranic phrase, mere play and amusement. While the ones who know are crossing it over as a lesson to be learned, so they take the shadow and they cross it over to the other side. So the word for etibar, or crossover, or lesson, is going from one side, crossing the Arroyo to the other side. So they are taking it, the ones who know, as a crossover, as a lesson to be learned. And they are aware that God raised this only as a parable. So raised this scene and this projection as a parable. This is why there comes out in the first act, a person called the describer, and he gives a sermon glorifying God and declaring him majestic. Then he speaks about the characters, 
one after the other, who are the images who will emerge after him from behind the curtain. Then the group is given to learn that God raised this as a parable for his creatures, so they will cross over it as a lesson, and they will learn that the matter of the world with God is like these images, with their being moved and stirred, and that this curtain is a veil over the secret of destiny and predestination, the sir al-qadr, the secret of destiny, where do things come from, where are they going, is known on the other side, but it's not known on this side, on the shadow side, which operates throughout the creations. And despite this, all of this, they are taking it, the unmindful ones, as mere play and amusement, and it is the Allah exalted word, the ones who take their religion as mere play and amusement. Then the describer disappears. He is in the place of the first created being among us, and it is Adam upon whom be peace. And when he disappears, his disappearance, hidden from us, is to his cherisher, behind a curtain of his unseen. And then as he ends with all passages, and God speaks the true, and who is the guide to the way? So that we can sit that, for that um, for a moment, and uh, I'll switch to the other side, but we can go cave of the heart for just a moment. So, this So in this, the clay, this mold, so the clay is there, it's stamped, and the word in Arabic for nature, or your nature, your innate quality, is stamping. So we are stamped, and that's the nature that we have. So that nature, this clay, is all receptive. Because she is earth, she is all receptive, receptive to all the names of God, all the adjectives, all of the verbs. So the true, Ibn Arabi says, Al-Haq, the true, hath described himself in his book, that should have a capital B, sorry. You can tell Rowan hasn't looked at this yet, otherwise he would edit this like crazy. But anyway, the true has described himself in his book as loving grateful people, and thanking is his epithet, because who is thankful all-knowing? who is thankful, all-knowing. Thus, he is only loving his creature who is having his quality and his epithet. So Ibn Arabi says, when God loves the thankful person, it's really God loving his name, the thankful. And when God loves someone who knows something, he's really thanking and, and being rejoicing in seeing his name, the knowing, uh, being displayed in this shadow play. So we learn that God loves to see his names, adjectives, and verbs on this side, square against us. So square against us on this side of the veil, of the projection screen, God loves to see his names here, his adjectives here, his verbs here. So when we display and flow with these names, we are along a way of God, fi sabil Allah. 
So along the way of God, Fisa Bilallah. We looked at Fisa Bilallah, Ibn Arabi described it uh, last week's. You see a tree, the tree is thirsty, and you have some wealth on you. You take that wealth as zakat, as charity, for the bringing water to this tree. Bringing water to the tree uh, here in northern New Mexico, that means digging an irrigation trench, bringing, making us an asakia. An asakia comes from the Arabic asakia, which also gives us the name saqi, S-A-Q-I, saqi. So the one who brings water, or the one who brings wine, is the water bearer, the saqi, the asakia. And so if you have some wealth, you pay to have a, a canal made to the tree, so the tree in the field receives water. And this, Ibn Arabi says, is working along the path of God, fi sabilallah, along the path of God. Because God can give the tree rain by commanding the minerals, uh, and, and God gives small trees, a mother tree next to them, so that through the plant, this mother tree, the small tree gets light and nourishments and nutrients. And so God can do all of those through other means, but Ibn says God delights in seeing the person who brings the water to the tree and delights that when a clay body has had impressed upon it the name generous, giving, and then brings water to the tree by taking the zakat, the, the wealth that has been given, and taking that as a charity for the tree. And so I was hungry and you fed me not. I was thirsty and you didn't bring me water. So God rejoices in seeing the name, the generous, the provider, the nourisher, in one of us clay beings and bringing the water to the tree. And there are other ways of bringing the water to the tree, for instance, rain. But this is one that is particularly delightful and a cause of rejoice. And it also goes back to each one of our stamps, to our metaphor of the mold or the stamp. We have to you know, refine this metaphor because it doesn't mean that there's one stamp that everyone has the same stamp. Because we've just heard that Rasulullah has a tremendous stamp, has a tremendous uh, character. So each one of these clay bodies has a particular quality to it. And that quality is special. So, if, so when God says, I was hungry and you fed me not, this is a call for you particularly in your way to take on a divine name called the nourisher and to nourish someone. And I, perhaps we should have mentioned also, I forgot to mention that this idea of this of the stamping exemplar pattern is also connected to akhlaq, which is usually thought of as, as qualities that are generous or virtuous. And remember, we just said the Arabi tells us that the, the special feature of the Prophet is all comprehension, to bring in everything together. And he was the Quran. The special feature of the Quran is to bring everything together. And so the special feature Ibn Arabi tells us about this last messenger is that he took all of the characteristics, the ones which are called virtuous and generous, 
and the ones which are called mean or poor, and he made them to be all good, all virtuous, by how he, he told us how to switch something so that what is a mean virtue or, or mean characteristic becomes a generous virtue. For instance, Ibn Arabi tells us envy. So envy up until that time had been considered to be a negative, a mean characteristic. And so envious is envy is something that you don't want to have, it's not good. Uh, envy is a, is a poor, mean characteristic in the world. So Ibn Arabi says, but the Prophet turned this around because he says, there's a man who is envious of his neighbor because his neighbor is reciting the Quran all night long. And he's envious that I wish I could do that. I wish I had that knowledge. And envy is the person who is going along the road and sees a uh, poor person and said, I wish, and I envy my friend who has so much money, I wish I had that money, I would give it to this person right here. And this envy then is switched and turned into a generous characteristic. And Ibn Arabi then tells the story that, of course, on the day of judgment, there are people, the messengers and the prophets are envious of. And they're envious of certain people who are standing there. They have, they have memorized the Quran, they have memorized the Torah, the Injil, the Gospels, the folios. So they show the fruit of revelation. They show the fruit of revelation. But no one ever followed them, and no one had to follow them. And so they had no responsibility. And so the prophets and the messengers who showed the fruit of revelation have followers. And so they're in great distress during the day of judgment for their the people who follow them, for their communities. So they're envious of these people who had the revelation without having the responsibility of taking care of people. So envy, this is the Ibn Arabi says that the Prophet took envy, turned it around, and made it into a generous virtue. So all of the, the stamps that are there are by themselves neither good nor bad. They can all be turned into generous characteristics. And now we have. Okay, let me keep share screen. We'll get this. Okay, and now back. Now let's take some of this back to this the screen here. We said that you go. You don't go. Ibn Arabi tells us you don't go into the herbalist, to the pharmacist, and eat all the medicine. It's going to surely make you sick. What you do is you have to know which medicine is for you. And medicine, another, he loves this imagery of the medicine, is something you hate, it's dislikeful, it's distasteful. So he's talking about medicine which hurts, which is distasteful, which your soul says, I reject that, I loathe that, and yet the medicine is good for you. So he says, the true has given us an alert here, explaining his word about seizing the breathing soul of a faithful person. Because in the Hadith Qudsi, Allah says, he describes himself with his disliking to harm his creature, given that the creature hates death. But certainly he must die, despite his description of himself as disliking to do so. 
So we have taraddu, which is to waver or to go to and fro. So, and this is a little bit like if you remember Fiddler on the Roof, on the one hand, on the other hand. So on the one hand, here is death is this medicine which will bring this person to great adventures, great joy in the meeting with his cherisher. On the other hand, the person fears death and is afraid of death and doesn't want to die. So on the one hand, on the other hand. So this is exactly the dislike which the sick person finds in taking medicine. Thus, the sick person takes the disliked medicine simultaneously disliking it and thankful for what will come next, health. So God dislikes taking that person's soul, but does so knowing what goodness will come next, even while disliking to do so. In fact, the occurrence of what is different from the known as fate is impossible. So this is uh, our training uh, that what we learned, and that's again, we go back knowledge. We have to know these things. We learned through the fast of Ramadan, for instance, coming soon, that when the fast of Ramadan, we tell our soul, we train our soul that what is something you don't like right now, and the end will be something good. And so, the, so we're told as if we are guiding our soul correctly, well, if we are good guiders of our souls, then we are saying, we are training our soul. Say that you will go without food and, and water, and in the end, or at sunset, you will be that small cup of water and the one date will taste better and be more refreshing and more joy inspiring than anything you could have had if you ate during the day. So you, the soul becomes trained. I become trained to realize that, that there are things that I dislike, which bring about things that are much greater than I could have had for myself. And this is a training that we take throughout our life. And Ibn Arabi, in a sense, figures that we all know these things, but we're actually, I think most, many of us, me, myself, of course, first, uh, need to learn these things all along. We look at things that come bad and we think, oh, this is bad, I don't want it. And we, if their knowledge is that something will come from this. There's something that is, growth is difficult, but growth is going to give me something beautiful. So the truest described himself in his book as loving grateful people and thanking is his epithet because he is thankful all-knowing. Thus, he is only loving his creature who is having his quality and his epithet. Thankfulness is for good things only, not for trials, as some of them presume who do not know the truth. So you don't say thank you when bad things happen. You don't say thank you when bad things happen. You ask them to be removed. But you also know that when bad things happen, something good is going to come. So he places his blessing in the belly of his adversary, adversity, and his adversity in the belly of his blessing. So when we have adversity, we should know that in the belly of that is a blessing. And then when, and then when we have a blessing, there is adversity in there as well because everything is mixed. How do we handle the blessing? Do we, and this is why the poor person who wishes 
he were rich so he could give money to this poor person is in a better situation than the actual rich person because the rich person is responsible for making sure that the money is spent correctly when the poor and this other person has got no monies and no responsibilities so in every blessing there's a, there's an adversity you have to watch what is the lesson that i need to learn and in every adversity there's a blessing what will come next and so this is training the heart muscles so Ibnabi says, train your heart muscle and learn that God is thankful, all-knowing. You see, immediately following his description of himself as being thankful is the description of his being all-knowing. And it is his word, my love is incumbent on me, by me, for the ones who love each other for me. So that means if you love for God, that means you are aware of doing something for God. That means you are along the way of God, and the ones who visit each other for me. So when they visit each other, they know that they are doing this as part of being along the way of God, that this is something God wants and God loves. And the ones who sit conversing with each other for me, and the ones who give abundantly to each other for me, May God make us one of those he blesses, so we may see the blessing of God in every moment. So give thanks. And this is, in Arabic, this is so, comma, give thanks, but it's also so give thanks. Give thanks in this way. And there are, in, this, in this clay body, that, this stamped nature that we are, we are many, many parts. And if we integrate, something happens. Integration is Saleh, an integrated person, and peacemaking among different warring or opposites is called Sulh, peacemaking. So, Ibn Arabi takes the image of when we stand in rows, and each row is shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, that row becomes something greater than the sum of its parts. And this, Ibn Arabi calls, is along the way of God. And if we are not in a congregation, even the single person, I am a, a composition of parts, and my parts need to be integrated. And if I can stand in prayer and integrate, then I become greater than the sum of my parts. And Ibn Abi says we have, everyone has a metaphor, metaphorical man and a metaphorical woman in them. And both of those are authorized to be in charge and making sure that all of the parts of the body are integrated. And Ibn Arabi says, so this is where if there are gaps in the line, the Satans come through the gaps and they dissipate, they break up, they disrupt that solid line. And if I'm in prayer and I'm not integrated, the Satans come through me and in and out and I become dis dissipated, disrupted. So integration is to bring all these things together. Now, adab is a banquet and knowing which food is going to be best for, certain, for a certain person. And the Quran has a partitioned address. Each person then has a personal address from Quran to them. And so, how do we handle the medicine that tastes bad? How do we handle the things that go against us, the ad adversity, adversity? 
And we'll tell, tell, tell two stories. One of them's here in, here in white font here. The other story is uh, a woman was crying. The Prophet came to her and said one sentence as counsel. He said one sentence as counsel and as, as consolation and counsel. The woman said, go away. You don't know my troubles. It's a little bit like teenagers say, you don't know me. You know, so go away. You don't know my troubles. And, and so later on, the woman is told that was Rasulullah. That was messenger of God. So she goes to his home and there's no gatekeeper. So she goes inside and she says, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were messenger of God. And then he gave her the same sentence of consolation, the same sentence uh, of counsel. So the difference was when she didn't know where it was coming from, she couldn't accept it. When she knew where it was coming from, it was effective and she was affected by it. And so a child was dying and two sentences came from the prophet. One was everything that is here is God's property, possession, to do as God likes. So that's one truth. And then the second truth was whatever happens to you that is painful and hurtful is weighed to the, on the other side to compensate. So compensation means you weigh the other side. So what you've lost here, you gain on the other side. So those are two truths or two pieces of knowledge. But when the Prophet came to the house, uh, the child was dying. The infant was lifted to messenger of God وسلم, while his breath was rattling. Tears flowed from his eyes and Saad asked messenger of God, what is this? He said, this is Rahmah. God places her in the hearts of his slaves. So there's two sentences of knowledge for the person who is in this situation. Uh, whatever is here is God's property and God does with his property what he wills. And the truth that whatever taken away from you will be given to you in greater measure on the other side of this shadow play. But none of that was spoken while the ch child was being held. While the child was being held, tears flowed, Rahma. So this is, so Rahma uh, and Arahman is a very powerful kind of love and compassion. And so it's the, on the one hand, you know, everything is God's possession, God to do as God pleases, uh, you will be recompensed. Uh, the medicine which tastes bad will give you something good. Uh, when you die, you meet God, and that's something good. On the other hand, the child is dying. You're going to die. I'm going to die. So this is the Rahma. There is no answer or response to this except tears. And so there is no response. Uh, so we don't, in this Hadith Qudsi, this, this, this Hadith that God speaks about himself, we don't say, oh God, you should know that uh, kill the person because they're going to meet you. That's a good thing. No, there is always this back and forth. And so there is Rahma, which is tears. So let's hold that for uh, a, a minute in the cave of the heart, and then we'll go to the next one. So, Bismillah.
we have a, a poem here. Um, uh, Klaus, could you could could you read that poem? Uh, we'll I'll I'll, un, I'll mute and uh, if you could unmute and and read us that poem, please. Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. So uh, this is in gratitude for all these treasurable inspirations and the water that is provided through you from the source and made grow um, a beautiful, magnificent garden out of that with uh, these uh, fruits you mentioned to um, that it is recognized in a unique new way. Out of nothingness, the dimensionless point splits into two. Adam, male and female, is separated out to two. The footstool stands on two. Duality, each pole a combination of creator and creation. Opposites, in harmony or disharmony. Dear Shua, what is the principle of three? See, this, this is how Ibn Arabi said, at some point he said, one day he was given, his, his chest was open and he was given poetry. And he said, from that day onwards, I, I had never had been at a loss of words. And so this is the beauty of poetry right here. Uh, and of course, the shape of the poetry is very much reminding us of the youth in chapter one. So knowledge, in a sense, is looking at the three, the third, and knowing where it comes from. Just a second. Aman, are you there? So that's that, the idea of the knowledge that we, we look at the three, the third, and we understand where it came from. And this is, this is in a sense, the, the iceberg metaphor. You see the tip, but you understand where the bulk is. And so as we learn this shadow play, as we learn how life works, the, we're trying to see the shadow and where it comes from. We're trying to see ourself and our true self. And so in volume three, uh, we have each of the volumes has a, as a photo or an illustration. The first one was the youth in the Yahoo calligraphy. The second volume, and I think we've, we've, we've seen that, we have the two sisters walking across the bridge, the bridge of life. And in this one, we have each law is a path connecting to who, and each one differs. Each one is a path to the water in a single sharia. 
So each of these paths that we see all there, some are straight, some are this, some are that, and, it, and mustaqim, the word that is not straight, it means the even and rightly tending path. So a rightly tending path doesn't mean that it's straight because it, might, it goes this way, this way, and this way, but it tends rightly, it tends the right way. And a bow is curved. And if a bow is straightened, it breaks. And so mustaqim means that rightly tending path, which is unique for each bow, each person, and so on. So we have this uh, from chapter 177. Ibn Arabi has just come from three or four pages of descriptions of the mystic guides, of the guides. And he'll say things like, you know, they, they do not judge and they are not judged. Uh, they tell jokes, but always the truth. Uh, and he has a three or four page list of things that are, you know, just quick sentences about what characterizes these guides. It's beautiful. And at the end, he says, descriptions of the Arif are more than can be counted. And uh, we can then have this, if Baki will, could sing this for us, but I'll do a quick one. The, and this is the, um, okay, can anyone have, description of the Arif are more than can be counted. How is this translated in the Arif? In the Alahis, I have just forgotten and I will just leave it for now. This is one of the indications for the tribe to the truth of the Arif and of Marifa. I am bringing them up in order for you to understand their meanings about this, so that no one would say about us that we are alone on a path they are not traveling along. And this goes right back to what we talked about, that you don't know me or you don't know my situation. Ibn Arabi is saying, after this long, beautiful list of all these qualities and virtues of these guides, he then says, but don't, I'm mentioning this, but not so that you would say, I'm on a path they're not on, or they're on a path that I'm not on. So I can't say, I don't, this doesn't apply to me because they're all saintly. Uh, they, live in, they live in a shadow play in a movie, which is dramatic. And so many things are happening and uh, people are just at, at intense passions and intense emotions. And that movie, that shadow play is not the movie that I'm in. My shadow play is not quite as interesting. It doesn't have quite as many interesting characters as they do. So I can't say that because Ibn Arabi is saying, no, the path is one. Even if each individual has a path singled out for them. Because the path to God exalted is the number of breaths of the creatures. That is, indeed, every breath is a path to God and each is authentic, true. So this is, every breath is a path to Allah. That's the where it comes from. And the, the holy friends are past description, their ways are manifold. That's it. So that's where this comes from. This is Ibn Arabi's chapter 177, and we are trying to figure out, there that has it, we're trying to figure out, Yunus Emre probably got this somehow, but this comes from Ibn Arabi. It is the holy friends are past description, their ways are manifold. And every breath is a path to Allah, each life an open door. Each life is an open door because every place you are opens up to where you want to be. And in the end, 
of every path is God, because who is to who returns the matter entirely. So on this screen, on this projection, we have all of these paths, and all of these paths are sharias, are revealed laws, are the revealed law for us. Each individual is given a sharia. The Quran contains all commands and has a partitioning address so that there is a command for you. And you read that command, you follow that command. And this is your sharia, this is your path. And with all of these paths, they look so different, they look like they're going every which way, but every one of these paths, there is a move which brings you back to where you came from. And so wherever you are on this huge, vast earth, wherever you are, there is God. Whichever way you turn, there is the face of God. God is nearer than the jugular vein. So God is not 10 miles that way, 13 miles that way, nearer than your jugular vein. And God is in the Qibla, the direction of prayer, when you pray. So this, that, so where do you go to find God? So we have the two stories that Ibn Arabi tells. Duna Nun comes out from the palace, gets on the horse with the saddle, and is ready to go find God. So the first step that he takes, the, the saddle turns around and says, you know, the first step you took, you took away from me. The first step you took was away from me. And then Abu Yazid Bistami, who comes from the town of Bistam, uh, Abu Yazid Bistami, he wants to find God. So he goes off to Baghdad searching for God. Along the way, he finds an old man who says, who are you and what are you doing? And he says, I'm Abu Yazid al-Bistami, and I am seeking God. And the old man says, oh, that's what happened. He's back there in Bistam waiting for you. And so every place we are is one step away from the origin, one step away from God, one step away from the projecting light that projected and made these shadows one step and breath away from all the sounds that are coming. So the sound comes from deep inside the chest. It's invisible, it comes from the unseen. It goes through the mouth and goes into all the different letters. Every one of those letters is one step away from the, its origin. So it, the, it goes from the origin, goes through the dentals, the labials, the palatals, the gutturals, all of these. That's the step. And each one of those, and if you want to go backwards with the letters, you go through that one step and you back into the origin. So I'll write here, so I'll, let, let me read that here on the side. And that will, let's, let's take that with us into the cave of the heart for a few minutes. The vast earth is unimaginably large and distances are vast. You can go, any thousands and millions and trillions and gazillions of miles left 
right, up, down, and so on. I need to quickly do this one. You take a circle. A circle is two-dimensional. And if you are on the surface of the circle, the surface of the circle, you are on a line. So on a circle, you can only go forward or backwards. And then if you are on a ball, a sphere, uh, which is three dimension, the surface of the sphere is two dimensions. So you can go forward on the sphere, and you can go backwards in the surface, you can go left and right, you can go north, south, east, west. So that's the sphere. Three-dimensional sphere, two-dimensional surface. If we are in a four-dimensional hypersphere, then the surface of that hypersphere is three dimensions. So we can stay in the surface of the Earth, which is higher dimension than three, by going as far forward as we like, as far back as we like, as far left as we like, as far right as we like, as far out as we like, as far in. So in a circle, in the line, if you go left or right, you leave the circle and the surface of the circle. In a sphere, you can go front, back, left, right. If you go up or down, you leave the surface of the sphere. In a hypersphere, in a three-dimensional surface, we can go up as far as we want, down as far as we want, left, right, forward, and backwards. And we cannot, we do not leave the surface of the sphere. So the question is, if this projection screen where the shadow play is taking place is a three-dimensional surface, how do we, with our body anchored in the projection, how do we twist and leave the surface? So the vast Earth is unimaginably large and distances are vast, but the origin of the breath and the, or the light bulb of the projector the origin of the breath is only one unit of measure away. So the question we'll take to the cave of the heart for the next few minutes, which way is that? Let me go ahead and make some screenshots. Okay, alhamdulillah. I mean, so that's our that's our task for this next week. Is to, is to find out which way we go to make the one unit of measure that takes us with our bodies in the surface, takes us out of the surface of this projection, and takes us to the origin of the breath and the origin of the light. And so, alhamdulillah. So I think uh, if there's, uh, we have a few minutes for if there's been any experiences or, or comments or something, we, we can try to take those. I'm not sure how it would work. Uh, if we mute our, unmute ourselves in a good way, uh, we could probably have a few different ideas, experiences, or questions. Um, and then at about 
10, 10 o'clock or so, or you know, in five or 10 minutes, uh, we can then have a free for all and just have a socializing. And that won't matter then if we all have feedback. But for now, uh, if one person might want to uh, come into the, to the unmuted zone. Uh, does that include questions, uh, Shai? Sounds good, Omar, please speak. Thank you. Um, talking about the, 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 the uh, Sirat al-Mustaqim, the, the, right, that, that being as many as the breath for every individual, um, but for an individual, is it a certain Sirat Mustaqim? Or is it whichever way they go, it's a sirat mustaqim? And the reason I ask this is because the sheikh in the fusus mentions something that alludes to the second note, whichever way, you know, when he speaks about whichever way you go, you're being led into the... So, so is it that there is a specific sirat al-mustaqim for a person you have to find, or, or whichever way you're going, it is the sirat al-mustaqim? Okay. Yeah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Well, Ibn Arabi will tell, there's many, many levels and many layers to look at. And so Ibn Arabi is, of course, uh, he cannot be systematized because uh, each level is speaking to a particular person at a particular situation. So, uh, and I just was reading something in the, in the New Yorker about a dancer who is taking on some, some kind of religions and spiritual paths where you lose your ego and all of that. And I thought, you know, it's so interesting that in the path that Ibn Arabi uh, shows us, the path of Islam, that the, the path is one where you, you lose your ego and you do all these kinds of things, but you have your basis, you have your foundation, you have your body. And so you don't go off into intellectual crazy places or spiritually crazy places because you have an exemplar. We have a pattern, and that pattern is the uswata hasana. And so we follow the pattern of the Prophet and we are secure because his name is also Al-Amin, the one who makes us safe. So Ibn Arabi will speak at one level. He'll say, there is, he had a, his friend uh, had a dream, and in this dream, they were all walking on this, on this path which had sort of like um, coral sand on it. And they were walking on the path and on the, both sides, there were these trenches, arroyos, these valleys, uh, wadis of uh, thorns and tangles and people were just trying to get out and, and couldn't get in, they couldn't do what they could, they were just, it was a mess. And so this person in the dream, he sensed that it was the Prophet Sallallahu ahead of them. And he sensed that the prophet had told him to call the people to the path. So he says, come to the path, come to the path. It's easy here. It's easy here. Come to the path. And Ibn Arabi says, and, the, and sadly, no one responded to the call. And so this is one level. But on the other level, that you only respond to what you have been called to. And so... There are some people whose path is not the easy path. And you say, you know, if you could just come to the sunnah of the prophet, your path would be easy. This is the way he did things. It would be easy. But some people cannot do that. And so for Ibn Arabi saying, 
even though some people can't do that, and even though his job is to tell us all, come to the easy path, be thankful for this practice, and come to this practice, even so, wherever they are, they are one step away from the breath. And they are one step away. And so this is why when there was a big controversy in the first centuries, uh, there, uh, there was a hajjaj, there was this person who was like a pharaoh, a horribly oppressive tyrant. And uh, so the Sufis and the, and the people and the ulama, they would always talk, uh, can we follow this person? In, if he's the imam and we follow him, is our prayer valid? And Ibn Arabi says, actually, the question uh, was not so difficult. Uh, no matter who it is, if he washed his hands and did ablutions correctly, and he said, Allahu Akbar, and called, the, and called people and entered into the prayer, then he is your imam. He said, because what happened before with him, we don't know. And what God will do with him next, we don't know. All we know is at this moment, he did the ablutions, and he called, and he started the prayer. So he is our imam. And Ibn Arabi is telling you, this is why the Sufi is the child of the moment, because the moment can change anytime. And so whatever path people are on, I cannot judge whether that's a good path or a bad path, actually, because when it twists and turns, I don't know if the twist is towards something good or away from something good. And so, and at any moment, because God is with you wherever you are, that twist, uh, that one step can take that person back to the origin. So I can only work on the moment, at the moment, with the information that I have. And that information is, I, I must assume the best. And so I have to give, assume good motives to people instead of bad motives, because Allah says, I am according to the estimation of my creature of me, so let my creature have a good estimation of me. So this is the position that Ibn Arabi wants us to get into. I look at other paths and I say, I don't know if it's going left or right, good or bad. I know that God is with that person wherever they are and in one twist, everything could change. So I must assume that it is for the best. So Alhamdulillah, Thanks, Omar. Okay. Anyone else, please? Just, I think, speak up. Yeah. I think uh, Khatija is li yes, lifting your hand. Okay, good. Yes, please. so wonderful to see you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. My question is when you talked about, because this is very um, relevant to the times, um, you were mentioning it when a child was dying. Um, all he said, he, he said nothing, but just shed tears that was Rahma. So where do these sentences come? When do they come? Yeah, what it, what it happened is that some like when is the time to say to articulate. Right, right. Yeah, what's interesting is that the sentences came when someone brought said to him saying this is happening that this household is experiencing this situation, that the child is, the newborn child, I think, is dying. And so the sentences were, were sent back. And the word in the, in the hadith is, is, is rasala, so arsala, rasul, sending, sending a message. So the prophet sent a message first, saying that, you know, God owns everything, it's up to him, etc. And so that, that was a message that was sent. But when the 
when he was there in person, then the tears were the only response. There's nothing, you, you don't say to someone who's grieving, you don't say anything, you have, you have tears. And the same way with our situation, we have to find out, is the person ready for a message from the other side, or is the person simply going to have to hear the tears and see the tears? And so this is all, the, this, is, this is the way things are because this is the divine way. The divine way is to know, you know, what do I tell this person? Do I tell them you're going to die, but it's a good thing? Or do, or do I keep this secret? And so this is back and forth, back and forth. And so it's, uh, it's the teaching is, are, is for empathy, um, compassion, and also recognize that when knowledge is there, then knowledgeable statements can be made. And if knowledge is not there, then those knowledgeable statements do nothing. And if knowledge is not there, then there's only compassion until that person and until myself have the knowledge that I need. That's alhamdulillah. Thank you, Khalid Shah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, please, Bismillah, yes. Salaam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum uh, my, my name is Lukman. I'm a dervish of Sheikh Afaria in New York. Yeah, I, I met you once, uh, briefly. Uh, but my question actually is maybe slightly off topic, but in our circle in New York, we've been offering the, uh, the Dar, the Prayer for Spiritual Elevation and Protection of Ibn Arabi, um, and it's been very powerful. And I was wondering if you could say a little bit about the prayer, if there's anything that comes to your heart. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well little I know, the, the, the one time I've looked, uh, it, it's, it's what, what you, it seems to be the engagement and activation of Quranic verses. And this is the, the beautiful thing about the way what Ibn Arabi teaches us. And I had a, a friend, I think, I think this is a friend from India who was just saying um, that the, the beauty of the Futuhat al-Makiyah of Ibn Arabi's work is that it teaches us the Quran. And, and this, this is something I thought I've been thinking for a, a long time, uh, that uh, when I read the Quran, you know, I would usually be Old Testament or, you know, or something like that. Uh, I, would, I would read it as a banquet and it would be too much food and too much bitter food and then sweet food and then who knows what. And, and so until I could be able to eat from the banquet in a certain way, um, that it, I could not find health from it. And so our desire of Narabi, reason I, the reason I work hard to understand of Narabi is so that I can be in a position to receive uh, these verses from Quran and to have them speak directly. And uh, and so the, and in fact so for many uh, for for a century or so afterwards of, of Ibn Arabi's death uh, he was you know pretty much well well respected and so on but at some point uh, there were people who wanted to uh, to burn his books and things like that so he would say they would say we're going to burn the Futat al Makiyah and so the mm -hmm. followers his people said well you know there's Quran inside there. Um, and so they said, well, we'll cut out the Quran and then we'll burn the book. And then they said, well, then it wouldn't be his book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Thank you so much. 
I just had a quick question, if I may. Yes, please. I think in one of your slides, number three, uh, I came across a reading. Um, it says, uh, I was hungry and you fed me not. I was thirsty and you didn't bring me water. I was sick and you didn't um, visit me. Um, wh what is it referring to, if you don't mind me asking? Well, can, you tell, can you tell us a little more about this, please? Yeah, yeah this is the tradition that is in the three, uh, the three big traditions of, of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, you have this, uh, this same tradition of, I was hungry and you fed me not. And so uh, Ibn Arabi, in the, in the Islamic tradition, there's also a commentary that comes because the, the person says, uh, who is being accused of, I was hungry and you fed me not, the person says, uh, but you're the Lord of the worlds. How could you be hungry? And then God says that if you had come to this poor person and fed that person, you would have found me there. And so you would have found me there is along the way of God. So what we want to find are those places that are along the way of God, which are the, and, and the way Ibn Arabi says it is that you want to be in the place where God is expecting to see you and not be in the place where God is wanting you not to be. So this is the, the way, this is how we place ourselves in the world. And so the feeding of someone, the kind word that's given, the charity, because uh, every part of my body can give a charity and receive a charity. And a kind word or a date is a charity. And so when we are giving charity, we are along the way of God. And when we are along the way of God, God is delighting in seeing the divine names being played out on this side. So Adam, Eve is complete, able to receive all the divine names, adjectives, and verbs. And so God delights from that side to see those names here on this side. So. Thank you. Sure. Assalamu Dr. Venkul. I just sent you a quick message. I put out three questions during the lecture. Yeah. I don't know if, I'm sorry, I lost my internet, so I had to log back into the meeting. So I'm, I'm not sure if you got the questions and if you answered them. Okay. Okay. Uh, Miss Saima, by the way. Saima, yeah. So uh, about specific, which verses, uh, how are the verses different? And how can we recognize in those in the Quran in the verses which ones are meant for us, and is there a difference between keen and Torah? Um, so I'll just start with the last first. The in interesting thing about Ibn Arabi, uh, uh, I mean, many of the Sufis there is there are Sufi sciences, and and Ibn Arabi he'll say call this the ruh, the spirit, or call this the nafs, the soul, whichever way you call it, this is what's going on, or he'll say call it this, call it that, whatever you want to call it, this is how things are. So he's not one to get hung up on terminology. And so the same way uh, with, with clay and Turab, the, the keen and, and, and well, the, the idea of Turab, we've talked about that 
we get the word, I think it's in Turkish is Torbat. Or, so the Torbat is, this, is the saint's tomb. And the, and the saint's tomb is called their earth, their Turab, their earth. And when someone is put in the grave, the grave covers them. And that grave is called their Jannat. It's their Jannat because Jannat covers up and, and, and conceals and shades the person inside. And so how do we read the Quran? Uh, what, so what Ibn Arabi is, is he'll do is he'll, he'll show us many times one verse of the Quran and then it will be, we'll see it again in a completely different way. And one of them we looked at last week, the Laysa Kamithlihi Shayan is read two ways. One way it's read, there's nothing like God. So there's nothing like him. And the other is read, there is nothing like the, those who are on the projection screen of God. So God is there, nothing like him, and we are here, nothing like us. So the one verse is read in both, in both senses. And, this, uh, and then we have the, the all-comprehensive word, that, that, uh, that we have created you all, uh, male and female. But then if we break that up, halakanak. So we take the first thing, and before you get to the um of kum, you stop at k, the, the second person address. So we created you, Adam. And then um, and from male. And the um here is a double M, so it's mother. So we created you, Adam, to be the mother of the one created from the male, you, Eve. So you're the mother of Eve. And then from uh, female Jesus and the and so this and we have to separate these because Jesus's birth is and conception is through the mother and there and and not a father because the situation is that Mary is here Gabriel comes for the an, an, annunciation and Gabriel the Quran tells us is has a has a well-balanced well-proportioned in other words beautiful form and that beautiful form, Mary sees that form, and in her imagination, that beauty makes the fluid of hers drop down into her womb. So her fluid drops into the womb, and then this is where Jesus comes from. And Ibn Arabi says, this is why the people who are Jesus' followers will put an image of Jesus in their church, and that image will induce inside of them a worshipful state, and they will worship God induced by seeing the image on, on the wall. And he says, the next community Gabriel comes to is our community, and he says, worship God as if you see him. So instead of putting an image on the wall, we put an image inside of ourself, inside of our imagination. And so then Ibn Arabi then says, so between these followers, the followers of Jesus and the followers of Muhammad, peace be upon them both, you know, what's the difference? We're all idolaters. So. There you go. Okay. So thank you. It's, it's so beautiful, wonderful to see everyone here. It's just, it's such a delight. Uh, I, and I could, and, every, and I already, when I see all this before, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, I could just see you all here. And I could just think, I could spend hours just talking about the beauties of each one of you. And then I said, but of course, the Zoom session will not allow that. So, so but the beauty of all of you, thank you, thank you for being here. It's so wonderful. Um, 
and I think so that's we can we can keep this somewhat short and sweet. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's such a blessing to have all this. I learn by thinking about what's going to happen, by when it happens, and then when you say things afterwards, thank you for this teaching. Uh, it's just it's just so wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.